I'm Donna Liu, and you're listening to A Grey Matter, the neuroscience podcast from the Queensland Brain Institute. Today, we're talking about research into nerve regeneration, which might provide an avenue for treating spinal cord injury. But first... Nun attack. Nun attack. <clears throat> Nun attack. N-U-N-A-T-A-K. Nun attack. Correct. That's the word that ended this year's Scripps National Spelling Bee in a tie. Spelling bees in the United States have become something of an obsession. But here's a bee that you might not be familiar with, the Australian Brain Bee Challenge. It's a competition that brings together Australia's best and brightest high school students, and it educates young people to find out more about neuroscience. Fancy yourself smarter than a 10th grader? Brain Bee contestants have to answer questions like, what is the medical term for when you start dreaming before you fall asleep? And sonic hedgehog is important for the development of what part of the nervous system? Yeah, that's right, Sonic Hedgehog, which, in case you're wondering, is a protein that was named after the Sega video game. The Brain Bee tests their knowledge about topics ranging from memory and emotion to Alzheimer's disease and stroke. Some of the questions are at a second-year university science level, and yet, each year, around 5,000 Year 10 students voluntarily give up their free time to learn about brain function, structure and disease. Yeah, it was actually quite difficult because I didn't have much time to study during school, so every holiday I'd be cramming for brain bee. <laughs> That's Teresa Tang, who competed in the Australian brain bee in 2011 and went on to win the international brain bee in 2012. Teresa has no doubt that her brain bee experience has gotten her to where she is today and advocates for the importance of early neuroscience education. I think it's very important because a lot of um, diseases down the road, like Alzheimer's and schizophrenia and depression, have a lot to do with the brain, but people don't really know about neuroscience as a career, and so to be introduced to it at such a young age, I think is really important in deciding people's careers. Therese is now studying at Princeton University, majoring in molecular biology with a minor in neuroscience. The Brain Bee was also a career-changing experience for Casey Linton, who is currently working here at QBI. Here's Casey speaking about her experience of the brain bee. I mean, it's, it's had a really significant effect, so it made me really interested in neuroscience. And when I got to uni, I realised that I wanted to take a research pathway. Uh, so I'm now doing a PhD in neuroscience at QBI. Casey, who's halfway through a medical degree, has taken two years out from that to work on her PhD full time. We'll talk about her research a little later, but here's Casey again speaking about her brain bee involvement. So I was in the Queensland State Final of the Brain Bee in 2008, when I was in year 11, uh, and I, I won that final, and then I went to the national final and was lucky enough to go to the international final after that, which was in Toronto. Uh, so that was a great experience to go overseas and meet other students who were interested in the brain and, and science in general. And how many people were at that international final? I think there were about 10 at the time. Mm-hmm. But they were from all over the world. There were people from Uganda, Romania, the US. It was a great group of people. Here's what she had to say about the similarities between the Australian and international competitions. It, it was very similar. I think they have similar rounds as they do for the national final here. Mm-hmm. So there were basic question and answer rounds. And then there was a round where we had to do clinical diagnosis. So we played the role of doctors and we had to meet Um, actors playing patients who would show the symptoms of a disease that you then had to diagnose. So I think that was probably my favourite part. 
And did that have any impact on your decision to go into medicine at all? Well, I'd always wanted to go into medicine, um, but following the Brain Bee medical research became something I was interested in. More so than before? Definitely. Here's Casey's advice for any high school students considering participating in the Brain Bee. I'd definitely advise them to do the Brain Bee to start with, and I'd advise them if they end up coming to QBI as part of the final really take the chance to go and see the labs at QBI, see the facilities. I think uh, they do tours of the QBI facilities as part of that competition and it's a really great chance to see what real research is like, see a real research environment, so that is my recommendation. QBI will host the Queensland final of this year's Brain Bee on July 21st. Excitingly, the International Brain Bee will also be held in Queensland, in Cairns, later in the year. We wish all contestants the best of luck. I was injured at a time when there was still great cynicism. I still remember um, so-called experts who would say that the spinal cord can't regenerate and can never be repaired. Those are words from the last public speech that the late Christopher Reeve gave at the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago in 2004. Reeve, who was renowned for his role as Superman, became a quadriplegic when he was thrown off a horse in 1995 and campaigned tirelessly about treatment of spinal cord injury for the rest of his life. When spinal cord injury is irreversible, it's because the nerves, whether they be controlling movement or sensation, have been damaged beyond repair. In humans, nerves in the central nervous system, that's the brain and spinal cord, have a limited ability to heal or regrow spontaneously. Nerve regeneration, as Reeve mentioned, is one of the research areas that teams here at QBI are focused on. Casey Linton's PhD is actually based on understanding how nerves are able to regenerate in a worm called C. elegans. Here's Casey again. So we look at nerve regeneration and we look at regeneration of the axon, uh, which is the, the part of the neuron that transmits the signal. So we look at what happens after an axon is severed so cut in half, and in the worm we do this with the laser, so we sever the axon and then we look at how that axon can regrow after the injury. And what's really interesting in Z. elegans is that this axon can regrow and fuse back to the severed part of the axon. And so this is something that, that only happens in Z. elegans, it doesn't happen in humans, but we're interested in perhaps working out how it happens in worms so that we can translate that into people. The clearest application would be to spinal cord injuries. Uh, so if we perhaps identify the proteins or other molecules that confuse an axon, we could then use those to treat patients with spinal cord injury and improve the functional outcome for them. Professor Massimo Hilliard's lab, which Casey is a part of, recently discovered the molecular pathway that allows for two fragments of an axon to fuse after injury. There's a specific protein in C. elegans that does the job. The protein, it's, it's called a fusogen, so that's what they call a protein that can fuse membranes, uh, and it's, it's 
got a three-letter name, EFF1. While the discovery of EFF1 is certainly exciting, the fact remains that this molecule is present only in worms and not humans, which explains why, for the time being at least, individuals with spinal cord injury can't spontaneously recover. It's great that we're studying this process in worms because it's not something that we'd find in humans, but it's something that we could potentially use as a therapy in humans uh, some time down the track. Casey's now in her last year of full-time research. I go back to studying medicine next year for a couple of years. And are you going to continue the research during that time? I'll be continuing it part-time while I finish my medical degree. And then what, what's next after you finish medicine? Do you think you'll go into clinical practice or you'll, you'll do kind of a bit of both? Yeah, well, the, the pathway I'm on at the moment allows me to do research alongside clinical practice. So it's, it's really my dream to combine the two. Uh, and I think training people in that way is how we're going to translate basic science discoveries into the clinic in the future. That's all for this episode. Let us know what you think or if you have any requests for future podcasts. We're on Twitter at QBI underscore UQ and on Facebook. Or you could give us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.